Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. I don't have a beard, and my name is not Josh. I am Pastor Brian. I'm the lead organizational pastor here, and usually my responsibilities um, happen outside of this room. I'm responsible for pretty much everything that happens outside of this room. And, but sometimes I come in and share the word with you, and I'm looking forward to doing that today. Before we jump into that, I want to say this, and I say it to him all the time privately, but I want to say it publicly. We are incredibly fortunate, incredibly fortunate to have a man of God who brings the noise every week without, without fail. You know, I don't always get to hear the message because I'm out, you know, taking care of kids or taking care of workers or doing other things. But every week, I'll, if I don't hear it, I'll go back and listen to it. And I got to tell you, there is no better preaching anywhere that I've ever heard than what Pastor Josh brings every week. And I am grateful for that. And I know that you are too. You know, there are moments when you're a pastor and you know that the Holy Spirit is doing something. You know that the Holy Spirit is saying something. And one of the ways you know that is how everything around you goes wrong. And this has been one of those weeks. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't preach that often. Um, but when I do, it's, it's interesting to see the obstacles that get thrown your way. Um, on Thursday, uh, and every week in VC Baby, we have three, at least three to four volunteers. Well, on Thursday, all three of them had to drop out because they were sick. All three of them at the same time. What? what? Yesterday, yesterday, we have five members of our VIP team. Now, our VIP team are our auditorium hosts, people that greet you when you come in. Those are those people. Four, uh, three out of five of those had to drop out yesterday. No, four out of five of those had to drop out yesterday. What? How does that happen in one day? This morning, I was leaving to come to church, and um, my, my, my kids are awesome, and they come and help me set up every week. And I don't, I don't ask them to. I don't force them to. I love spending time with them, but they come because they want to. And my son, if you know my son, my son is um, stubborn. And um, he likes to do things the way he likes to do them. And he has several jobs that he does on Sunday morning. And so he comes with me every week. Every week I say, son, do you want to sleep in and come in with mommy tomorrow? No, dad, I'm coming with you. I got I to get my job done. So this morning we're coming to get in the car. And poor little guy, Belle thought he was in the car. And so she goes to close the door and he's just getting in the car. And she slams his fingers in the door. Yeah, it was, it was pitiful. Um, You know, it wasn't, his fingers weren't broken or anything like that. Obviously, we're not in the ER. But, you know, it was just one of those, one of those things. And as I'm coming in this morning and I'm, I'm praying, my kids are in the back, in the, in the back and my son is crying and I'm just like, Lord, what in the world? And he said, just be patient because I'm going to change somebody's life today. Just be patient because I'm going to change somebody's life today. And so that's what we're here to do. Over the last several weeks, we've been doing a series called Let Hope In. And this is one of, the, one of the, my favorite things that we've ever done because it talks about hope. There's always hope. It doesn't matter what the circumstances, there's always hope. And week one, Pastor Josh talked about choosing to transform the pain instead of transferring it. Then we talked about choosing to be okay with not being okay. And last Sunday, we talked about trust, choosing to trust rather than to please. Have you, ever, have you ever had someone that you count on make a promise and then break it? How about a close friend that you shared a deep secret with and then they blabbed it to everybody or even to just one person? Maybe you had someone that you trusted to care for you 
and they ended up abusing you. Or a spouse that you pledged to love one another faithfully and they cheated on you. We all could tell these kinds of stories of being betrayed. Betrayal is not just being hurt by someone. It is being hurt by someone you thought you could count on. And like a sucker punch, it always takes us by surprise. But betrayal can keep us prisoner, prisoner to our past because that hurt will impact everything that we do. Whether it's sleeping, traveling, dreaming, or parenting, betrayal can be a cancer that spreads quickly. You know, I had this habit, and I'm sure that you do sometimes as well, uh, of convincing myself that I can manage the hurt from my past without having to forgive, without having to forgive. In fact, we, we may even tell ourselves that, you know, I, I, don't even, I don't even really remember the pain. But the thing about those kinds of pains is that they will always show back up. If you've had serious injury, you know that when the weather gets rough, you're going to feel it sometimes. Well, those of you who are over the age of 40. It's going to show back up some way. Unfortunately, the pains that we dare not remember are the ones that hurt the most. They are the most dangerous. We fear them, but we stuff them down deep and never really deal with them because we're afraid of what will happen if we do. But they always come back, usually disguised, but they always come back. And, of course, I get a frog in my throat right now. I have to tell you, this message has messed me up. All week, this message has wrecked me in the best possible way. So you're going to have to bear with me. I might get emotional. Because you see, I've been forced to examine things that I never wanted to think about again. Things that I chose not to think about. Whenever they come to my mind, I'm really great at compartmentalizing. I'm really great at shutting that down and moving on to something else. These are the things that wake me from the deepest sleep in cold sweats and trembling. Because you see, I've been viciously betrayed. Viciously betrayed. People that are closest to me have been viciously betrayed. And it's devastating. Every time. But what I found in this message is there's hope. There's always hope. That's why today we're talking about one of the most important choices that we can make. If we really want to let hope into our lives, choice number four, we choose to free people rather than hurt them. Now, we may feel completely justified in our bitterness, and we may actually be justified in our bitterness, but we have to remember that bitterness comes with a, with a price. It contaminates everything we do. It spreads far and wide and deep, and it doesn't isolate itself to the source of our bitterness. <clears throat> it spreads to everything. It spreads to all of our, our relationships, and if it's left unchecked, it will ruin everything that's important to you. And, you know, I had written that passage. I had read through that passage and was studying that when something happened this week that, man, I tell you, <laughs> this thing has, has nailed me. I had this altercation with my daughter, and those of you who know Belle, she is a spirited child, and um, I don't know where she gets that from, but she's a spirited child, and she 
tends to know more than everyone else in the room. She's typically the smartest person in the room, and you ask her, she'll tell you. She's not afraid of that. She's happy. She wears that banner proudly. Well, I something had happened. I don't even really remember what it was, but I remember that I blew up at her. And I had had enough. I'd had enough of the, I know more than you, Daddy. I know you're 42 years old, but I'm almost 10, and I got you. And so I blew up at her. And so eventually I ended up leaving the room and Kelly was there talking to her. And I sat on the stairs going into her room and listened to her. And I heard Belle say, why is daddy so angry? Why is daddy so angry? And Kelly said, mommy, he's not angry. You just, no, mom, he gets angry a lot. Why is he so angry all the time? And you see, I had just written this. And I realized why. I realized that my own bitterness, things that have been left unresolved in me that I had to let go of, I was taking it out of my daughter. That's not cool. And I want that to change. It's going to get better, I promise. Sometimes we don't forgive someone for his or her sake. We do it for our own. We do it because it's holding us holding us bound. It's holding us prisoner, and we need to be free. Unforgiveness, you might want to write this down, unforgiveness gives undue power to the very people who deserve it the least. Their choices continue to control us long after they did what they did. We allow them to have power in our lives. Hate makes us want to see them hurt the way we were hurt. And we hold on to it for dear life. As always, Jesus shows us the way. One day he was trying to make a point about forgiveness, so he told a story. Now, Jesus often told stories when he's trying to make a really huge theological point. He tells a simple story so that even doofuses like me can get it. This particular one was about a king who was settling debts that his servants owed to him. This is from Matthew chapter 18, verses 24 to 27. It'll be up on the screen. As he began, he being the king, as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Well, since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all they had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took penny on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Wow, that's big. Now imagine for a moment the fear that this guy was going through. You see, it wasn't just him that was gonna go to jail and likely be sold into slavery. It was him and his wife and his kids. And not just them, it would be generation after generation after generation that will be in slavery because of this debt. Because you see, a slave was worth about $2,000. One talent is worth about $10,000. 10,000 talents was a massive debt one he would never be able to repay. But for some reason, the master says, you're not going to be a slave. I forgive you. I forgive you. Now, the master in the story, of course, is God. The other main character in the story, the servant, well, that's me, and that's you. And Jesus is saying that we have, we have accumulated a moral debt that we can never, ever repay. And we've been adding to it for years and years and years. Every time we are less than loving to someone. 
every time we gossip or every time we have a lustful thought or a judgmental attitude, we're adding to our debt that we can already not repay. But Jesus was saying, look, God saw us. He saw you. He saw me. And he was moved with compassion. Then he sent his own son, Jesus, to die on a cross, the death that by all rights we should have died. But Jesus did it for us because of our sinfulness. The death we should have died, Jesus died instead on the cross. The Bible says that the cross that Jesus paid our debts on, he also absorbed the loss so that we could be free. The place that ultimately expresses God's forgiveness is the cross. Now, in the story Jesus was telling, the servant was completely off the hook. He got off scot-free. It's hard to explain. Nobody really, really understood what was going on. So they wanted to know, how did, this, how did this servant respond? How do you respond to millions and millions and millions of dollars of debt just being wiped out? That's before the days of bankruptcy. So what, what do we see next in this, in this passage? Matthew 18, verses 28 through 30. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. A hundred denarii, that's very little amount of money. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to, the, fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. Sound familiar? But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Wow. Now, this is the same guy who had just been forgiven millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of debt. Completely set free. But he says to himself, you know what? I'm not going to make the mistake that God made. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get stuck with this debt. And he wouldn't forgive the debt. He essentially says in his heart, I'm going to make you pay. Doesn't that sound about right? That sounds about right to all of us. We all read that story in horror and think of the unforgiveness of the servant in the face of what his master did. But don't we do the same thing when we hold on to our bitterness and unforgiveness like a security blanket? See, here's the truth about forgiveness. Authentic forgiveness is never cheap. It always comes with a heavy price. When we get hurt and the hurt is deep and the pain that they've inflicted on us is awful, we want them to pay. Payback is, I'm not going to say it. I know what he feels like. I've been there. I've been there this week. I'm pretty sure you have too. I'm pretty sure you know what he feels like too. Especially those of us who've been hurt in unjust and deeply unfair ways. We didn't do anything to deserve it. We just want the other person to pay. It's normal. It's a natural reaction. It's human nature. But if we understand how God has forgiven and accepted us, that's the only way we're ever going to find the ability to truly forgive others that have sinned against us. The only way we're able to forgive others when they wrong us is to understand that when we sinned against God, then we run as far away from him as we can, thinking, I'm just gonna get away from this and not even deal with it. But eventually we come crawling back. He takes us back 
every time, without fail, without question. When we get that, when that truth moves from here to here, that's when things change. When we understand that we can't do anything but forgive people when they wrong us. We can't help but but to begin to let go of the hate that has held us prisoner for so long, sometimes for decades. But as we forgive, we gradually begin to see people differently. We understand that the fact that they hurt us, that's not a total definition of who they are. They are people, just like we are, who are hurting and needy and far from God, and they need life in Jesus too. They were hurting and needy before they hurt us. They were weak and needy and hurting after they hurt us. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it suddenly gets easy. But when we understand that we have wronged God in ways far worse than others have wronged us, we've been that messed up person who's only sinned against him our entire lives and continue to do it over and over again. Yet he's accepted us because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Because he forgives us, we're compelled. We've got to forgive too. When I understand that God forgives me despite me. It gives me the ability to forgive others despite others. It's not about them. It's about me and what I choose to do. And while this act of forgiveness, it may not erase our past hurt, it does, the, it does erase the power that that hurt and the people who hurt us have over us. It also allows our past to become truly our past. But we have to understand that it is completely and totally humanly impossible for us to forgive others of these kinds of hurts in our own strength, especially when we've been betrayed in ways that many of you are thinking of right now. I know you are. I know you're thinking of, the, you're thinking of that person and what they did. We can try to not think about what they did, Or we can bury our feelings down deep inside and we can put on a false smile even if we have to see them all the time. But unless our heart is cleansed and changed by God, the memories and feelings will be lurking in our dreams and our nightmares and in random moments when we smell something weird or see something or see a commercial that reminds us of it, it'll come blazing back. It prevents us from building trust with other people. It damages every relationship. The only way we can overcome these barriers is to admit that we cannot forgive in our own strength and that we desperately need God to come in and change our heart. I believe he's gonna do that for some of us today. We have to allow that to happen to us before we can forgive others. A concept that I like to think of when I'm thinking about this is flight attendants. You know, if you've ever flown, you get the the spiel every time about the oxygen mask. If the cabin loses pressure, Put your mask on first and then help those around you. Even if it's your kids, don't try to help them if your mask isn't on. Why is that? Because if the cabin loses pressure, you're going to pass out. And you can't help anybody if you're out cold. So you got to get your mask on, then you help other people. We can't breathe out what we haven't breathed in. Just like with the flight attendants and those masks, if we don't take in that oxygen ourselves, we're gonna pass out. We're not gonna be able to help anybody. 
If we don't breathe in grace, we can't breathe it out. Breathing grace totally hinges on our moment-to-moment dependency on God. We have to find ways to continually breathe God's, God's grace so that we can breathe it out again. Now, to me, it is essentially impossible to really forgive someone if we don't trust God. If we don't trust him for that supernatural strength, it's just not in most of us. It's not who we are. Unless we understand how the Father, through Jesus, through his death and resurrection, has accepted us, I I just don't know where we can find a way to begin that journey of forgiveness. Now, as a pastor, over the last several years, I've heard over and over and over again from people who desperately want to forgive. They want to forgive their husband. They want to forgive their wives. They want to forgive parents who've abused them. They want to give friends who've betrayed them. They want to do it, but inevitably they, over, they, they come into one of three obstacles, three hurdles that seem to stand in the way. These are things that I think that you need to know and I think will help us. Forgiveness is not condoning. The first hurdle is the idea that we have to condone in order to forgive, but that's not true. It doesn't mean that we condone what was done to us. It doesn't mean that we excuse when people do things. It doesn't mean that we, don't, that we tolerate injustice. We have to fight injustice all the time at every turn. Forgiveness is actually the opposite of excusing. The fact that we forgive is an acknowledgement that what someone did was wrong and inexcusable. Forgiveness says, we both know what you did was wrong. But since God has forgiven me, I forgive you. Because forgiveness deals honestly with sin, it brings a freedom that no amount of excusing could ever hope to accomplish. The second hurdle is the idea that forgiving means that you always reconcile with the other person. It's just not true. It's just not true. It's not always possible. Sometimes you can't reconcile. Remember what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Note the phrase, if it's possible. That seems to indicate pretty clearly that it's not always possible. Sometimes it's just not not possible. If the other person is unwilling to acknowledge what they did, if they're not willing to confess and repent what they did to you, then you can't reconcile. That's on them. That's not on you. That's on them. There's not much you can do about that. You just have to let it go or it will eat you alive. Sometimes people are, willing to un- to, uh, are unwilling to take responsibility for their actions, but you can't let their choices determine your freedom. The last hurdle is that people often confuse forgiveness and forgetting. You hear that, forgive and forget, forgive and forget. And that is the goal always. But we are humans, and forgiving is not the same as forgetting. In fact, we need to forgive precisely Because sometimes it's very difficult to forget what someone has done. You see, forgetting is a passive process that takes place over years and years and years. You gradually forget as time goes on. Forgiving is an active process that we choose to do right now. We have control over that. We choose to forgive. We are not going to let what they did determine who we are. 
we choose to forgive. The writer in Isaiah tells us that God remembers your sins no more. That's from verse, from chapter 43, verse 25. Now, he's not saying that God can't remember our sins. That's not what it says. He's saying that he won't remember them. When he forgives us, he chooses not to mention, recount, or think about our sins ever again. He makes that choice. Similarly, when we forgive, we must draw on God's grace and consciously decide, sometimes over and over and over again, not to dwell on what others have done to us. This requires a lot of effort. I know. Especially when that offense is fresh in our minds. And you know, it may be fresh in our minds even though it didn't happen yesterday. It may have happened five years ago. But when you think about it, it's still right there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I know you do. Forgiving someone means knowing full well that the offense was inappropriate, improper, or out and out wrong. And then deciding to relinquish your feelings of being entitled to make them pay. This takes time. I'm, I, I know, it takes time. It's a process. Because when someone hurts us, there are consequences. We're going to have to live with those consequences no matter what happens. Our only choice is whether we, we do so in bitterness and unforgiveness or the freedom of forgiveness. And instead of hurting you for hurting me, I make a conscious choice to free you despite how you hurt me. While hurt people hurt people, free people free people. We make that choice. Now, I know that some of you are probably carrying this burden around. I believe with all of my heart, with everything that's inside of me, that the Holy Spirit is saying to you right now in your spirit, it's time to put that down. It's time to put it down. If you don't, it will ruin you. It'll cost you your marriage. It costs a lot to forgive, but it costs a lot more not to. It costs you your heart. See, if you don't forgive, you'll become chained to your anger and resentment. If you don't forgive, bit by bit, all the joy will get choked out of you. If you don't forgive, you'll never be able to trust again. If you don't forgive, the bitterness will crowd out the compassion from your heart slowly, utterly, and forever. I've seen it turn the most wonderful, giving, selfless, loving person into an angry, bitter, grumpy, pessimistic person that even the folks who love them can't stand to be around sometimes. I don't want to be that person. I don't want my daughter to ever look at me and say that I'm that person. Because, not because of something that she did, but because of bitterness and anger that I've held on to. It doesn't deserve to be lodged in my heart. I long for you to experience this miracle of extending forgiveness. It's a miracle because even though we might still have the memory, forgiveness allows us to assert our God-given power to let it Go. When our past can no longer control or destroy us, it becomes a collection of experiences that gives us wisdom. 
It deepens the wisdom of our heart. It brings us to a place of empathy and compassion for other people. Whether or not we forget, forgiveness undeniably acts as a healing balm, a healing salve to the memories that we carry. And they turn from open wounds to scars. We all have scars. I believe the Bible teaches that the only power to forgive lies in the experience of being forgiven. As Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, instead, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. The only thing that gives us fallen, messed up people the power to extend grace to anyone is the experience of being forgiven by a holy God. No clever principles or, sim- or no clever principles or simple steps, just the cross. It's just the cross. The cross is the place where we see the ultimate expression of the heart of God. The cross is God's ultimate tool against the anger and hostility of unforgiveness, against the hurt and hate that would otherwise destroy us. In John 13, the book of John, um, chapter 13, we see a story of Jesus and the Passover. He is up in a room with his disciples huddled away at the Passover meal, and they have the meal together. For those of you who don't know the tradition of the Passover meal in the Jewish culture, come and ask me about it. I'll tell you about it later. But they had just had the Passover meal, and Jesus knew what was coming. You see, the devil had already tempted Judas. He had already convinced Judas to betray Jesus. And here Judas was sitting having a meal with Jesus, and he was about to betray him. And Jesus knew it was coming. He knew it was coming. The greatest betrayal that Jesus would ever experience on earth. And he knew it was coming. And there was even more that was going to come later. You see, all those disciples whose feet he was about to wash every one of them would abandon him. Every one of them. Peter, one of the closest people to Jesus, would deny him three times while Jesus was watching and being tortured. Awful. Simply horrible. How can anybody ever come back from that? But the funny thing is, that's not the part we think about in this story. We got music coming from somewhere. Oh, it's the theater. It's the theater music. Nice. (laughs) You can just chuckle. It's okay. What was the result of that betrayal? What happened? Humanity was changed forever. Humanity was changed forever. The course of human history would never be the same because Jesus looked betrayal in the face. He endured the hardship that came with it, paid the consequences willingly, and by choice, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, he forgave. And our sovereign God used it all to change humanity. Don't worry about that music. Focus on what we're saying. 
history was changed forever because betrayal didn't win the day. We have all felt betrayed. A best friend turned their back. Someone we loved wasn't loyal. The person we thought would always be there didn't show up when we needed them the most. How can something that hurts so badly be used by God to do good? Well, when we can't see past the problem, God is looking. He's looking forward to working everything out into his great purpose. Maybe, now get this, let this one sink in. Maybe, just maybe, God would rather us focus our energy on what he's doing in our lives than what someone else did to us. Maybe through our circumstances, he wants to bring those who are far from God to life in Jesus. Maybe forgiveness in the face of betrayal is the first step to God revealing a whole lot of incredible things in your life. I've had to face that reality this week. Maybe it's time for you to face it too. So it's time to choose. Vengeance or mercy? Prison or freedom? Hatred or grace? Here's the big one. Death or life? We are never so free as when we reach back into our past and forgive someone who caused us pain. When we inhale grace and breathe it back out again. When we choose to bless someone instead of cursing ourselves with unforgiveness. Bow your heads with me this morning. Look, I realize that this process is difficult. I feel it deeply probably more deeply than any message I've ever prepared. I wrestle with this all the time myself. And this message has really smacked me around. But I do know this, there is one step that is supremely easy. You cannot forgive if you have not been forgiven. If you don't have that relationship with Jesus, that's where you need to start. That's the easy step because he forgives freely and completely And immediately, his grace covers everything. Yes, even that. And that. And that. It covers everything. If you don't have that relationship with Jesus, I believe that today's your day. I believe that that is the first step in your journey of unforgiveness. Of moving from unforgiveness to a life of freedom and forgiveness. And I'm going to pray for you this morning. And as I do, you can pray with me. You can repeat after me or you can pray to yourself. But pray it and believe that God will do it. Lord, I need to be forgiven. I can't truly and fully forgive others because I haven't been forgiven by you. Forgive me today. I accept you as my Savior, Lord. Because I know that without you, all hope is gone. And I want to let hope in. Save me, cleanse me, and make me new today. In Jesus' name. While your heads are still bowed, 
I know that there are many in here that are facing the journey of others, the journey of forgiving others. I know many of you are on this journey with me. I can see it in your faces. I, I can hear it in the rustling in the crowd. I can sense it in my spirit. Friends, it's time. It's time to let it go. It's time to not let it control you anymore. There is hope. Let hope in. Now, we're going to sing this song once. I want you to keep your eyes closed and head bowed while we sing. Then I'm going to come back and pray for you. While we're singing, make up your mind. It's time to choose. Make up your mind. Death or life? Freedom or hurt? Let's let hope in. Healing power flow like a river. Heal your mending heart to every tormented soul. Emmanuel, come quick to deliver. Let hope in. open up your walls. Hope conquers all. And there goes all my doubt. There goes all my pain On that day you rose again Sin no longer stains There goes all my questioning There goes all my fears On that day you rose again Sin no longer stains let hope in healing power flow like a river. Reveal your mending heart to every tormented soul. Emmanuel, come quick to deliver. So let hope and open up your walls. Hope conquers all. While your heads are still bowed this morning, I know this is a somber moment. I know these are heavy and often uncomfortable times. These are the times when the Holy Spirit really wants to move us and change us. And so I'd like to know how many of you are on this journey with me today? How many of you are on this journey of unforgiveness? That you have allowed the choices and decisions of other people who have deeply wounded you to put you in a prison of doubt and unbelief and bitterness with nobody looking around, just me and you. Lift your hand and say, that's me. I need to let it go. That's me. I need to let it go. That's me. I need to let it go.
I know this may sound a little weird, but I want you to do something with me while your, your eyes are still closed and your heads are still bowed. I want us to all take a deep breath together. And I want us all to symbolize breathing in the grace of Jesus. And we're gonna breathe that back out again. And then we're gonna pray together. Let's breathe together. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace that moves us. That doesn't allow us to stay where we were or to focus on what we have done or where we have been. It gives us hope that we don't have to stay there. Lord, you know in this room there are men and women old and young, of all races, of all economic statuses, people who have been devastated. Lord, together today, we choose not to stay there anymore. We will not allow the choices of others to determine our path any longer. We refuse to allow bitterness to have a hold of our heart anymore. And by the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace that only comes in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we let hope in today. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who join me in a daily struggle of looking in the mirror and remembering. And Lord, as we struggle to forget, Lord, I pray that you empower us to forgive as you have forgiven us. Help us to breathe in grace every minute of every day so that we can breathe it out again. The only one who will determine our path going forward is Jesus himself. And we will partner with him, not with bitterness or anger or doubt. You are changing us from the inside out today. And we are so grateful. We are so grateful. We can't do this ourselves. We don't even want to try because we're too tired. And so we accept your grace to do it for us. Surround us with people who show us love and grace every day. Bitterness will not win anymore. We will not be that person. Speak hope into our lives. Surround us with people who speak hope into our lives. Your grace is more than we ever deserve. And because you give it freely, we give it to others who also don't deserve it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, because there are people like me who will leave today having been transformed by your grace. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your reassurance. We choose to forgive and will not be bound by hurt anymore.
In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.